0: Hello everybody and thank you for joining us on the sixth episode of the female fist I have an amazing guest with us today she is a clinical social worker also author of the book seen through the label and we have one thing in common we're both from the same boxing gym so please welcome Christine Hillis hi Christine how you doing
1: good how are you
0: i'm well thank you so i we were just talking about this um our boxing coach Sid vanderpool he always tells me these amazing things about you and one of them being that you're a clinical social worker so i'm actually in my, I'm university right now for my bachelor's in psychology so i'm really interested to hear about like why you chose that path specifically
1: Sure, so it's interesting actually I was thinking about this recently and just like that whole idea of kind of like visualizing where you wanna be and just like having this kind of like picture of your future and I can legitimately remember like being probably around 16 and just like going through my own experiences like with mental health and trauma and eating disorders and everything and just like having this vision of myself in the future as someone who not only has like gotten through these issues but then is able to help other people through it and like go around and like talking about mental health and just like sharing, being able to like use what I learned from my own personal experiences to help other people through what they're going through. So I just, I had this like memory pop into my brain of like, literally I can picture myself in my bathroom at my parents' old house and just like, like looking in the mirror and knowing that I was gonna take my experiences and put them towards helping other people, so. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, and it was so random that this memory popped into my brain and I'm like, that's cool that I'm like doing it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like 15 years later, here I am actually doing (laughs) it.
0: But that's kind of like when you put a vision in your mind and then you just, even if it's not conscious, but it's always there. Mm -hmm. And everything you kind of do is always building blocks towards what your main purpose was, like what your original goal was. You always kind of geared towards that field. I mean, I find.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny too, like talking about like Sid, our coach, um, because I remember like quite a few years ago now, he was like, Okay, you should write down your goals and like come up with this like five-year goal. And I put it into Google Docs and then it was sometime last year. And I realized it had actually been five years since I made this document. And I went through and I was like, I've hit like the goals. Oh, on this That's business. amazing. There like, is something to be said for like writing it down and like having these like goals and visions for yourself. And then like, feels awesome to be like, I did it. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. It's such a self accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing. So you just like, you basically created kind of like a, um, like not a vision board, but like a, um, like an illustrated, sorry, not illustrated, but like, um, like storytelling kind of thing mm-hmm. to yourself though. Yeah. I don't know how I would explain that. Like, cause I think that I was looking into your book a little bit and you're really, uh, deep into
1: narrating. I think it is. That's really interesting that you phrase it as narrating because actually the, um, like therapy model that I most commonly use in my practice is literally called narrative therapy. So oh. <laughs> <really> interesting <laughs> to me that, that like you even just like, like your like, like brief research on me has picked up on like narrating as the word that you use. That's really.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, when you're explaining to me, like how you made those notes and mm-hmm. how you like wrote to yourself, because I think that you and I have that in common. I'm really big on journaling since I was mm-hmm. like, Uh, I think I was like six years old when I bought my first journal. And I always wrote about like what happened at school or like how my day went. But it is really such a great tool to see your thoughts and to Mm -hmm. kind of work things out. So, like, okay, so you chose social working because you wanted to take your experiences and you wanted to use it as your gift. To help others with maybe that have similar experiences Mm -hmm. so then when you went into this journey to write your book why did you choose that specific like like because with your study or sorry with your practice there's so many areas that you could touch on why Mm -hmm. did you choose specifically about uh narrating how you talk to somebody or like how you work things out
1: Yeah, so again, like interesting that you're talking about journaling, because that was really like what started with the book was I had just done a lot of journaling to get through my own stuff and just kind of process through things. And that's kind of how my brain processes through things is like the written word. So I had done all this journaling and thought of all these neat ideas and I was like I should do something with this and I can like even remember like sitting at the gym like in between my social work classes like working on writing this (laughs) um but like yeah like I I just kind of went from the journaling and put it into more of that kind of book and narration process and yeah like when I talk about narrative therapy uh A big part of it is that a lot of times when we think of our story, like the story that we all have of our lives, sometimes it's written in a way that's maybe more negative or we almost feel like somebody else has kind of written the story for us. So I like using narrative therapy because it kind of gives us the opportunity to like almost go back and rewrite some stuff, right? And be able to pull out like the strengths that we had in those moments of hard times and like really focusing on other aspects of our story and just like kind of give people the control back to be able to like rewrite their stories in a way that feels more authentic and maybe more empowering to themselves.
0: Wow, that's that's really, really powerful. And I think that that's such an amazing but that's so amazing that you're doing that for people. Uh, and so wait a second. So you were doing this in between rounds at the gym. So you actually started this journey like after you already signed up to boxing?
1: Yeah, so it's funny because it was kind of like this like big life change all at the same time for me, where I like started going to school for social work and I started boxing kind of all around the same time. Um, And I feel like it actually worked really well for me to do like all of it at the same time because boxing is such a mental game, right? And and sometimes I think when people aren't involved in combat sports, sometimes they misunderstand it as like you do really well if you're this like angry and aggressive person and everything. But I actually learned through my experiences with boxing that like controlling your emotions is one of the most important aspects of it and it really did make me have to confront some of the like more uncomfortable aspects of like my emotional well-being and how i was managing with things and i always like telling the story of like me instead where it was, I had gone in and like, I have anxiety and on my way, driving in, I just like got hit with an anxiety attack. It wasn't for any or reason. I wasn't feeling particularly nervous about training that day, but I just kind of felt overwhelmed. And then like, for me, I was driving far and I'm the type of person that I'm like, if you've committed to something, like you have to do it, your coach is waiting. So I like, I knew that I had to show up and like show up because Sid was waiting there to train me. we were doing sparring and Sid like pulled me aside in between rounds and he's like hey like what's going on for you like you're getting overwhelmed by every punch like what's happening and I said I was like you know what just having a lot of anxiety today like I don't really know what's going on but I'm just feeling pretty anxious and he says to me um maybe today's just about making it through the workout, right? Like maybe you're not going to learn not lots of new skills or anything, but you're going to make it through this workout. And to me, that was like a really powerful moment in my life because I started kind of applying that concept to other aspects of my life as well. And kind of just recognizing that like, yeah, there will be some days that are crummier and it's just about kind of like making it through the day and getting through it. And that's a win and a reward in itself right not not every day is going to be about personal growth not every day you're going to like learn something new and accomplish everything on your to-do list like there are going to be those days that maybe you have to kind of rearrange things and tailor things to yeah just like make sure that your mental well-being is okay um so yeah that was around like the time that like I really had started getting involved in social work and they teach you in school like you have to like look at yourself and like do a lot of self-reflection and that was really uncomfortable as somebody who had dealt with mental health for a lot of years and my original way of dealing with it was basically like not dealing with it (laughs) and I think I think that's like super normal for people our brain like our first way of coping that our brain goes to is avoidance um it's like a supernatural thing that like our brain just does because it's like whoa I don't like this emotion let's avoid it um which obviously as you know as well through your studies doesn't necessarily make for the best mental health but it's what a lot of us turn to at at first so starting social work and being like oh you have to do all the self-reflection and then realizing as well if I want to be a good boxer like I need to pay attention to this stuff I need to know how I'm feeling I need to cater to my emotional and mental health as well otherwise like I'm not going to do very well in this sport
0: Absolutely. And that's, that's really, really good to hear about how when Sid pulled you aside and said that to you, because you're right, that is so powerful. It's not always Mm -hmm. about when you go to the gym, especially as boxers, we put so much pressure on ourselves because the sport itself of boxing is just so like, Um, you have to go into that forward motion. It's like you're you're hitting something, like you're literally your body and your mind is in that activation to hit something, inflicting some kind of impact on something else, very aggressive. So you're always kind of in this mind frame that you can't have a weakness. You have to fight through the whole thing. And just to have that setback and like, no, just breathe for a second. This is just Mm -hmm. getting through the day. This is just getting your body moving. This is just for you to do this for you and take Mm -hmm. the moment. Like that's so important and how you applied it to other things too. That's amazing. So like, did you ever want to compete in boxing or was that something that like,
1: Yeah, so I did. So I had, yeah, I have had some fights. So uh, yeah, I have competed. It's been a while. My honestly, like my hope and dream was to fight again over this last summer, which obviously that was my plan pre-COVID. So I did like a sparring exhibition in March and I was like feeling like getting back in the ring and I was like, yeah, I'm going to fight again. (laughs) And I was so excited (laughs) and then COVID happened. Um, But yeah, no, I, I did fight quite a few times. I think six or seven maybe um Uh yeah so I really enjoyed it that was like over like a couple years um that I had all my fights but yeah I really I really did enjoy it I've tried since boxing I've tried competing in like some string sports and stuff and I'm just like there's nothing like boxing though like Uh I don't know what it is because I'm like at the end of a fight I like am overwhelmed by emotion whether I won or lost like there's just such there's such an intensity to it and I like love that feeling that like I've had times that like I really really thought I was gonna win a fight and I'm like upset and crying afterwards because I like gave my all and then I've had other times that like I've won and I like I have this memory of like I won my fight and I went into the dressing room and Sid literally like hug, picked me up and spun me around in the air. We were so excited. Like, it's just, there's nothing (laughs) quite like that feeling after a fight, whether it goes well or not. Like, it's so intense and emotional. So I've tried other sports since and I'm just like, no, it's not the same. It's not the
0: same. It's not, It's, it's like we were talking. It's like the whole, everybody always refers to everything in life as you have to fight for it. Mm. even with like soccer volleyball basketball um interviews uh internships like anything in life everybody's like if you really want for it fight for it there's always a reference back to fighting because that is mm. like the ultimate going way 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 back that is like the ultimate grasp of like true breaking through something it's like I can fight through it and I do did it Mm -hmm. putting your whole hundred percent mental and physical effort into it with skill not just like you know brawling it out or something but this is skill it's like a game of chess in there and Mm -hmm. when you know that you did a good job it is such a rewarding feeling like you can feel like you can take on the world
1: Mm -hmm. and I'm one of those people like I love the preparation as well like some people are like oh like I don't you know super enjoy like putting in all the like other time and like you know the training six days a week and the running and everything I love that like <laughs> I I love the preparation I remember one fight I had I listened to the same album and like I'm not even a big EDM fan but for whatever <laughs> reason I found this one like Skrillex album and I listened to it like in every training session on every run and I was just like so jazzed and I loved like the whole preparation phase that's awesome
0: that's like um that's kind of like spotting where you like take something like for example when people study and they want to remember something Mm -hmm. like let's say use like color-coded flashcards or something like that to make those mental twitches so it's mm-hmm. almost like when you're listening to the same song and you're doing like these workouts and you're building all this like muscle memory and all these like like movements that you're memorizing in your body. So then when you get ready to go to fight, your body's automatically kind of like turning on, like, okay, I know what to do. I know mm-hmm. what I'm going to do. And it's going to be executed because I've been training like this for now six weeks. That's yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and I found it was like my way of like getting into like that like mental preparedness that it was like if like those still to this day I swear if I'm doing a workout and one of those songs come on I'm like let's go like I'm way more (laughs) intense about it all of a sudden like my workout goes to 100 no matter what I'm doing because I'm like like yeah I know you're like like, this is my jam this is what I listen to when I'm getting that big (laughs) win
0: well that's amazing so at this point, because you have your master's now in social work, right? yeah, so do you want to let's say write another book in the future, or do you still have like aspirations to kind of take it a little bit further in your studies, or like what's kind of your plan right now with that area?
1: Yeah, so I have been doing like a lot of like private counseling and private therapy, um, which I really, really enjoy. Um, I also have been kind of just enjoying like putting out things in smaller spurts because like writing a book is so intensive Um, but I also just find sometimes too like it's more like accessible to get your information out there to just do like a blog or a video or like just like shorter kind of things for people to still get something out of rather than like convincing someone to read an entire book sometimes is hard just we're all busy right like setting aside that many hours um so yeah it's just been a lot of like blog writing and videos and things like that and then yeah doing like more of my like private practice therapy as well um yeah I don't know I could maybe eventually see myself doing some sort of like research PhD but we'll see it's funny because I used to like so not be a school person but for sure like once you get into something that like you enjoy and you're passionate about, it's totally different. Like hundred percent. It's so different. Like I like was the kid who like didn't go to class in high school and like hated every second of being there. Yeah. And then like, once I started doing more courses that like I actually cared about the subject matter I'm like I'm gonna do the extra readings (laughs) and And still like I still like go through and like read like like research journals and everything and I'm like constantly like looking for more information but when it's something that you actually care about it's a lot different of
0: course and you know it's so hard to convince teenagers that It's so hard to convince teenagers that like, don't worry, like you will be able to pick something you like. Just try to get the grades that you need right now. Oh, Uh, I
1: like I went so zigzaggy in terms of like figuring out um, like education and everything. And like my biggest thing was I was just like, I'm just going to keep taking things that are interesting and eventually I'll get where I need to go. Like I first went to school for politics and thought I was going to be Oh, wow. Which is a friggin' joke now, because I don't think I have enough of a filter to do well (laughs) in that career. (laughs) But uh, yeah, like totally going back to what you're saying, like sometimes you've got to just be like, what am I interested in? And I went into politics and I was like, oh, you're like looking at people as like numbers and they're like GDP and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't like that. I want to like care about who they are as people. And then I went into anthropology to like study cultures. And I was like, this is really cool. But the thing with that is like you do a research study but you're not allowed to like interrupt anything so if you see something unethical you're just supposed to like write about it and like Aww. five people in your academic world will read it right so I, was like, I don't like that either so then I ended up in social work because I was like how do you actually like make change within community and stuff Aww. so you eventually get where you need to go which then again is like really funny that I took all these ways to get there and then ended up where I thought I was going to be 15 yeah. years ago it's so, like so funny that it's like no like yeah. I feel like,
0: like I mean I'm not like I don't have any like specific beliefs but I'm a firm believer that everybody has a purpose on the in their life like everybody has this gift that they're given and they just have to find it and mm-hmm. then give that gift to everybody else I actually said that to Sid like when I talked to him he's very like I I, like he reminds me of and and I know it's not um it's Picasso because I thought it was Pablo Coelho that said it at first but then I actually researched it it's Picasso that said it your your purpose in this life is to find your gift and the meaning of it is to give that gift to other people and that's amazing that as long as you just stay on the route that you feel is drawing you you're going to get to that destination Mm -hmm. Which leads me to my next question of like, so boxing, like why specifically did you first step into the boxing gym? Because you have wrestling, you have basketball, you have soccer. There's so many sports, but Mm -hmm. why specifically boxing for you?
1: Yeah. And it's funny because like, I never really did that many competitive sports before. Like I had kind of, I was like one of those people that I'd like try a sport for a year and be like, yeah, whatever. Like I don't really- (laughs) Part of it too, is I think that I do better at independent sports, not that I'm like not a team player. I just like, I like being like, I'm relying on myself and myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've always done better at like the like solo sports. Um But yeah, I was like a really angry teenager, um, just with like everything that I was going through. And one of my big coping strategies, I still own the same punching bag that I bought when I was 15. I took my Christmas money and on Boxing Day, I bought a heavy bag and I still have it hanging up in my basement. Oh my God. Uh, so I just like went out and bought it and I used to like wail on it. And like, you know, when you're young and you have no technique and it's like, you have all the like scrape blood your on your knuckles, knuckles and everything. Yeah. And I loved it. Um, and then, yeah, like I just finally one day I was like, hey, I, I'm going to learn how to do this properly. Like, I really enjoy doing this. I'm going to learn how to do this properly. So then I actually was on the bus to go to a different boxing gym. And like, for some reason, I don't even remember why these two guys started talking to me and they were like, oh, we just went to check out that gym and it's closed, but there's another gym on the bus route. Like, you should check that out, which ended up being SIDS. So like, I almost didn't even find the gym. Like, it just kind of like was like this super random encounter that these guys were like, you should check out this gym. Like, they seem nice. (laughs) So then I went there instead and yeah, like just totally fell in love, fell in love with the culture and just, yeah, really enjoyed it. And then it was funny, like years later, talking to some of my older relatives, I found out, I think it was my... (sighs) It was either my great grandfather or great great grandfather was like a boxer in Chicago and he was like a professional fighter. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. I found out that I had like some like familial ties to boxing. I was like, well, that's weird.
0: Amazing. That's so it's kind of like in the family, like you guys like to rumble in there. <laughs>
1: I guess. I don't know. I guess if you have like an average background, you're bound to have like one <laughs> boxer in your in yes. your heritage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I know quite a few Irish people that love <laughs> boxing <laughs> well I went to Ireland um a couple of years back for this tournament and um like the, the culture there like I don't know if you know Katie Taylor a professional female mm-hmm. yeah. boxing lover but um she's like a like a hero throughout the nation oh, yeah. really immersed into the boxing culture so it makes sense
1: what you're saying <laughs> oh yeah I remember I went to Ireland. It was probably like eight-ish years ago so I had like just kind of started getting into boxing and uh, yeah everybody I met was like, you like boxing? do you like K- <laughs> Katie Taylor? Isn't she great? She's so wet like we're so proud of her I'm like that's cool <laughs> this that like-, like female boxer is such a big deal here
0: <laughs> but that's amazing, right like <laughs> I love that like that, like a whole country you know, not just boxing, but a female boxer, like, that's pretty awesome, no,
1: yeah,
0: and that's, like, you know, one of the things that brings us to these questions, because boxing is such an amazing outlet, especially for women, something that, mm-hmm. like, we weren't even given that privilege on the Olympic podium until 2012, when yeah. we say that, it sounds crazy, so late in the game, but, mm-hmm. like, now, you know, people are seeing the use of the boxing, But what I've heard that there's some theory or something, I don't know where I heard this in the grapevine, but that some people are trying to take um, what boxing is. And for example, when people want to have it as their outlet, it's almost like their outlet is tied to punching and it's tied to hitting something and making it a, like as if people are going to want to be more violent because mm-hmm. they're using it as their outlet And like you are a clinical psychologist so what is your take on that
1: yeah I mean I think that's kind of funny because like we think of all of our other like stress relievers and coping strategies and stuff like that it's not like you know we can know that something in the right location is good to alleviate some stress without like automatically going to that. Like it's not like you see people like like in the middle of their work day, they get stressed out and they just start running. Like it's not like like I think of all the other coping strategies. It's not like people like all of a sudden get like stressed or upset and they're like, oh gotta like all of a sudden they start like like painting something in like the middle of their office. Like that's not how it works otherwise. And I think you have like more risk of like there being violence if you don't have that outlet right like as much as we are kind of we try and be like peaceful and polite creatures now like there is that side that you need to expunge some of that energy and i remember i watched the one netflix um docuseries i'm trying to i think it was fight Fight world So the one guy like goes to all these different countries and tries the different fighting sports in all these different countries. And they did one on boxing in Mexico because it's obviously huge there. And they actually implemented sparring in this women's prison. And they actually found that there were less fights in the prison when they had like safe ways for them to spar. So if there was like a lot of tension between two females, they would let them like safely spar like with coaches. And then they weren't fighting, like, outside of it. So I think, like if you use that energy in that kind of like safe space, then it ends up being better, right? Like it's like kids who need more discipline go to karate class. Like there's so many other things that martial arts teach us and boxing is another form of martial arts, right? Like there's a lot of structure and discipline and like, you have to listen to a coach. Like I know at Sid's like, you don't just get thrown into sparring as soon as you show up, you earn that spot. You have to listen to your coach if you know you're overly aggressive with your sparring opponent you get pulled like you don't get that um that right anymore so yeah like I think to say if you teach somebody how to punch they'll automatically punch when they get stressed out Is (laughs) kind of like I think like we tell people like oh take a dance class like all I'm imagining is people get into an argument and someone starts like like dance off like
0: <laughs> to me, it just seems. So I mean, that'd be great if people were arguing and then <laughs> they just
1: danced. It out. <laughs> yeah, just like interpretive dance, and then. They <laughs> but it just doesn't happen, right? Like we don't see that with any other coping strategy that someone just like reverts into their coping <laughs> strategy. I think that's my favorite. <laughs> if you get into an argument, you don't start dancing. <laughs> yeah you're not like interpretive dancing when you get mad at somebody (laughs) like even if that's your coping strategy and realistically like a lot of the boxers I know are some of like the most like peaceful and chill people yes because again like you have to be aware and like on top of your mental and emotional well-being in order to do well in the sport yeah it's like you can't you can't eat bad
0: and then expect to do well in boxing. So oftentimes most people, even when they start really any sport, if they really want to like do well with it, they do little things without maybe realizing it. Like, okay, I'm going to drink a little bit more water today because Mm. like, I feel like I've been having a little bit too much pop and I'm not feeling good when I'm training or something. They just start kind of changing their lifestyle in different little ways when they take a sport. And like this one, we're talking about boxing. They Mm. take the sport seriously. It's like, I know personally that if I eat something that's fried, that oil or anything that's oily, like, which I rarely do anyways at this point, but the oil makes me feel if I train the next day, so Mm -hmm. slow and I don't know. My body just feels gross. Like as if it's still trying to break it down. It's still trying to get it through my system. And I'm just not at that hundred percent as opposed to when I drink water and I'm eating, you know, um, cooked vegetables and good quality protein and good quality fats and stuff like that. I feel the difference in my body. And even that feeling becomes an addiction and it changes people's. And when you're eating good food, what does that do? That also helps your mental health as well. So like, absolutely, because you, you were mentioning before that you went through a lot of um, mental health problems when you were younger. And do mm-hmm. you find that maybe this was something that kind of like started changing when you started taking up boxing?
1: Oh, absolutely. Right. Like, because like I said, like I had to even just kind of confronting, um, my like emotional and mental health, right? So I have bipolar and anxiety, um, and like I obviously had to learn how to manage those things so that it wasn't kind of impacting me. And like for me, the like biggest kind of thing that I realized was around boxing, where I was like, because I I didn't want you know some days I'm really good and other days I'm really bad. Like I wanted to find kind of consistency and consistency in the sport, and for my anxiety especially like I used to like I was at the point that I was having anxiety attacks like pretty much daily in high school like mm-hmm. university sometimes it was more weekly but they were still really intense and then after I started like boxing and just paying attention to my mental health and like being more on top of things like I would go like months and months without one like it's oh that's it's so rare now and really like everybody I think has kind of that catalyst that they recognize like, okay, this is when I need to take care of myself. And you're right, like any type of sport and boxing, especially can be a catalyst for somebody to be like, hey, I need to take care of myself better, right? And that might be like through nutrition, it might be reducing substances, it might be like taking care of their mental well being because just like you were saying, like if you eat really like oily or fried food, you might feel crappy in training the next day. It's the same thing, like if you, um, you know, have a really intense anxiety attack, like it's really exhausting, like not just mentally, but physically as well. And you know that you're not going to have a good dra- day at training the next day. So it's the same kind of thing of like, I need to take care of myself and all aspects of my well being in order to show up for this sport. Mm. Yeah. And I, that it's so
0: important. I think that people forget that boxing, you don't have to, I mean, for you and I, you know, we love it, but you don't have to compete. Mm-hmm. It's something that's just for your your inner soul almost. It's like just getting all of your aspects put together because you mm-hmm. even carry that, as you mentioned, with other things in life. Like for me personally, I when I lost my grandmother, I was at such a low point. I was juggling uh, going to nationals the you know the following year and then I also was in school studying and it was like at a time when like she was like raised me she was my mom it was such a low for like my whole family and Mm -hmm. I took it to alcohol for a little bit which a lot of people don't know and I found that getting myself back on track was keep telling myself no if I keep this then I'm not going to do well next week when I go to the gym or like, I literally would not drink because even though I wanted to at the time, but I wouldn't do it because I knew it wouldn't do well in training. Mm -hmm. And then going so long because I forced myself, no, I got to go four or five times a week. So I would force myself on even those two days of the week that I wasn't training. I still did not want to drink because I knew I was going training in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. It would keep me consistent for months at a time. And then even when I wasn't training for like a week or so, I wouldn't have that urge anymore to want to drink. And it's like boxing is so physical, right? Physical health is so important for people to really tie to a healthy lifestyle, healthy mindsets. And I'm so happy that you shared that with us, especially because you know exactly what you're talking about. This isn't like just a personal experience, like, you know, as well, exactly what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. but this is so important. I'm really happy that people are hearing this right now. Do you have anything else you want to add to this?
1: Yeah, I was just going to go like off of what you were saying, like in terms of that purpose, right. And we talked about it before, like in terms of career purpose, but also that like, purpose could be like getting involved with boxing or it could be like taking care of your mental health better or it could be like showing up as a better parent right like there is that whole it's called logo therapy um but it's based on the idea that people who get through and have that resilience and take care of themselves are usually people who have some sort of purpose yes right? So really finding that purpose and for a lot of us like that is boxing and that's why like we rally around the sport and that's why we love it is just finding that purpose and you're right like it doesn't mean that you have to compete it could just be like showing up and doing the classes in your local gym or whatever but having having a goal having something to look forward to having that purpose that's what keeps us going. Exactly.
0: And on your, and on your point too, as Sid said to you, sometimes you just got to get through that workout and like, you know, you're still winning because you did it. That's so important. I'm really happy to share this message with everybody. Thank you so much, Christine, for joining us. This has been a great talk. I really, really excited for everybody to listen to this. Do you have anything else you want to say?
1: No. Um, I would just say if you are interested in talking to anybody about your mental health or anything that's going on with that, everything I have is Seen Through the Label. So if you Google my name or Seen Through the Label, it'll all pop up, whether you just want like blogs, you wanna check out the book, you wanna book an appointment, it's all there.
0: Perfect, everybody, Christine Hillis, phenomenal person right here. Thank you so much, Christine. Everybody check out her book, Seeing Through the Label. Check her out, Put hands up for me, please. Thank you so much, Christine, and tune in next Friday for our next episode of